Skate Dog, Father, The Gingerbread Man, Dr. Seymour Holtz, Dr. Fraser Crane, Dr. Fraser Gay, uh, Spider, Rockhead, Snuffy the Welfare Baby, uh, Twiz, Time. You already know what it is. Lil Reed in the building. And I got my boy, William. What's up, man? How much? How are you? Uh, I'm all right, man. Uh, I was thinking, even before you came on the pod, I was, you know how Facebook does the memories thing? How what? Facebook does like the memories. And yeah. Like, oh, this day last yeah. year. So I don't, I don't get on Facebook enough. So I don't really see it. So sometimes, like, you could just look, it'll show you like the past like week. Right. And like around this time, we did a pod last year. Nice. And it was kind of the taking off of what the show is now in terms of like consistency. And it was kind of when I figured out what my Instagram was going to be like. When it was nice. like more dumb videos, more like people dancing. Yeah. And like just like obscene dumbass. Yeah, you've come a long way. Yeah, man. We used to do this over the phone. Yeah, man. This, yo, uh, shouts out to when I think I might have. Because I wasn't hanging on Brewery Town that much. I think I might have just texted you, like, yo, man, I got this idea for a podcast. And you were like, what? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, man, like, you know, like, you don't have to come through. Just call in. I'm going to do it over the phone. Mm-hmm. And, like, you, like I, I, I felt like you were excited, but you were like, how is this going to work? Yeah. And then I think you called, I called you and you were, like, at a bar. He's like, oh, hold up. <laughs> you went yeah. outside. That's right. And, like, that first pie. And I might still, I think I might still have that recording on my, on my MacBook. It's just, like, you smoking cigarettes and I could hear, like, a door opening back yeah. and forth behind you. Yeah. And we talked about, I think, the NFL playoffs. Yeah. All right. It was like that was like one of our first ones. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember because I had notes too. Yes. I remember taking notes. I was like, "Oh, this is gonna be so serious." And yeah. And I, the show got better. Uh, a couple phone calls later, still didn't put anything out because of the audio quality was so bad, but the yeah. conversations were good. Yeah, and I remember, I remember when you did your pitch where you were like, "Hey, you need to, you need to come over. We, we can't have you yeah. on the phone anymore." Yeah, it's not, it's not that good. This is actually good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we should take this more. I should take yeah. this more serious or whatever. And he came through to my grandma's house. Shout out, shout out, uh, Big Sarah, uh, Miss Barlow. Yeah, you know I mean, we were in the basement drinking like Budweisers or something, and watching a Cleveland, a Cleveland Cavaliers playoff mm-hmm. game, mm-hmm. talking about talking shit about LeBron. And it was a game that they were like down by like twenty, I think. Yeah, and then they I were all of a sudden, that. then they were all of a sudden tied. Then they were tied. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, all right, well, maybe I should stop shitting on LeBron. You know, yeah. That's kind of when I started to my mood towards LeBron really shifted, and I I stopped hating. Because mm. I was like, all right, I've never seen anything like, like mm-hmm. I can't, I can't discredit this man anymore. I can't throw yeah. shade on him. I mean, I guess after this last year, you could be like, oh, now he, you know, he's doing the thing that we all know that he should have been doing. Yeah. Which is like really picking and choosing and be like, you know, I don't yeah. give a shit. My shoulder hurts. You My know, leg that, hurts. That was a funny thing too. We were talking before uh, the mics turned on about uh, I'm listening to the Thirty for Thirty yeah, on, yeah. Uh, on Sterling, thing. and uh, but they mentioned like you know like the rise of the player like sort of clashing with this like really hard stance the league took against an owner and like not the clash but like how they you know cross paths yeah, and yeah. like LeBron is sort of the front for you know, the player Player empowerment. empowerment. Yeah. 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 And, uh, but they use as an example when, and I didn't even remember this happened, but like when it came out that like China was messing around in Darfur and like, you know, like causing 
not causing, but like, you know, exacerbating problems there. Yeah. Like for their own interests. And he decided he was going to like talk out about it. And I was like, wow, that was controversial. Like it was controversial for him to like take that stand. Yeah. And that wasn't about anybody here. That wasn't him talking about like race in America. That wasn't him talking about yeah. police. That wasn't Trayvon Martin. That wasn't yeah. any of that stuff. Even that. And like to look at how far he's come from there to telling Laura Ingram, no, we're not just going to shut up and dribble. Yeah. Um, Fuck that bitch, by the way. Like, that's... A, well, yeah, um, for for sure. And, um, but, like, just the... In a really short amount of time, he went from, like, I'm gonna talk to I'm gonna talk about stuff that kind of everybody agrees with to I'm gonna talk about some stuff that's gonna rub some of you the yeah, wrong yeah. way. Actually, fuck out of here. Yeah. Actually, I'm the most valuable person right. in, this, in this sport. Right. Probably in sports, period. Yeah. Like, maybe, it's, especially since, like, Jeter retired. Like, yeah. who has more power than LeBron James? Uh, Like, one guy. Maybe. What, are you thinking Woods? It's not like 10 years. I, when he won the Masters this year, like... That was a big... That was I, a big I moment. was... I, I was... I, I skipped church. I was live? glued. Oh, I was glued oh, the whole you skipped time. Church. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I Wait, because, like, Saturday night, you were like, oh, sh-. you looking at your phone like, well, what if, what if, yeah. ah, fuck, I would be so upset. Yeah. I forget where I was, but I remember, uh, you know, I had, I think I was working on a Sunday, mm-hmm. and, like, right towards the end, I was, like, looking, I had just came home, and I was looking on my phone or something, and I was yeah. like, oh, I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> I was but like, like insane. I mean, Woods, like, might draw more eyeballs for, like, what he does, like, on, playing. On, yeah, playing. Um... And even then, he might not. But, um, you know, he has that thing where he doesn't say anything that bothers anybody. Like, he yeah, lives yeah. to not offend. Except for that thing where he, like, came up with that new race. What did he say he was? Uh, yeah. I forget what that was, but that was Blasian? No, 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 no. That's Bla- what it is. Blockasian? Blockasian or something yeah, like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a very funny guy. Yeah. Yeah, shout out to my man. But, yeah, I think... Uh, I think we're in a good space with athletes in terms of, mm-hmm. like, sometimes they can use the power in, like, the wrong way. We see that. Like, yeah. that's what's going on with Antonio Brown. Like, he wants something, but instead, like, in the NBA, when you want something, you could just say it. Mm-hmm. And then, like, you just get it. Yeah. But in the NFL, it doesn't really work that way yet, and he doesn't know how to just, like, be like, you know what? Actually, this team, I don't actually want to be here. I wanted to leave there, mm-hmm. but, like, this place very, very visibly seems worse, which I don't, you know. Do you think Gruden's going to be able to like flip that around with him? Because I think players like Gruden. There's a there's a T.O. element to Antonio Brown. Sure, you know he's well every every diva wide receiver, every wide receiver. Some, and well, when I say every diva wide receiver, that's like that's that's redundant. Every receiver, yeah, like, receivers are a weird breed. They're definitely they're definitely weird dudes. But I think his, his talent really transcends almost any of his drama. Just like T.O. Mm-hmm. like. Teal was a pain in the ass here, like, in terms of, like, all the noise that he made. Yeah. But every single person in Philly is like, well, we should have resigned him. He yeah. should have finished the Eagle. We would have yeah. we won a, we would have won a Super Bowl. Yeah. And, like, you know, our history as a franchise would be dramatically different. Well, even Jerry Rice was like this. The guy couldn't get endorsements because nobody wanted to work with him. <laughs> He's a piece of shit. Well, and, and cool. I mean, I really do think they're the most talented guys on the field. Like, yeah, yeah, them, yeah. Are, them are quarterbacks. I don't know which it is, but, like... If you are at the top end, nobody can do what you do in terms of like yeah, knowledge yeah. of the game plus speed plus athleticism. Nobody can do what you do. That's probably yeah. That's probably true. 
It's crazy with quarterbacks, like watching guys like Tom Brady and like Eli Manning. I mean, Eli Manning's falling off for sure, but like Tom Brady looks like he doesn't even look like a dad. He looks like a skinny old white guy. And like how he still throws the ball like he does doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. And to be fair, he does have those weeks where it's like, I don't think he's thrown over like 14 yards. That's true. You know, that's true. They're they're high. Oh, he's tired. He's visibly tired, and they're you know they're hiding that. Yes. And they're play calling. Right. But there's definitely something about like being that because like we all know like once you get to that, they're all very good. Mm-hmm. There's obvious water there, but then it is crazy to be like, damn, this motherfucker is 43. <laughs> like, how yeah. old is Tom Brady now? 42, 43. Old as fuck. Yeah. I remember when he won his first Super Bowl. I was in. I was in fifth grade. I was actually rooting for the guys for Super Bowl because I think they played the Packers, right? The first one? Didn't they beat the Packers? I don't remember. I think they beat the Packers. I was so young. Because, like, I I, hated, like, I hated, like, the NFC teams that knocked my team out. So, like, I always root AFC unless the 49ers. Oh, yeah, yeah, You know, I think you're right because my my math teacher and my math and science teacher, I forget his name, Mr. Moore, maybe. This old white hippie dude with like mutton chops. He he was a big Favre fan. He had a Favre cutout in the corner of the classroom. I would never forget. He would always like talk about football, and he loved diet like uh he loved Mount Diet Mountain Dew or something or Mountain Dew, mm-hmm. and he just would drink that shit constantly. I'm like, this guy fucking sucks. And then we had a a health and a health teacher, Mr. Gibbs, who was from Boston, who I would never forget the day after they won. Which I didn't stay up. I was like, whatever, 10 or whatever. I couldn't stay up to watch it. I fell asleep. And my mom, my man came in in his Patriots pajamas, big Patriots blanket, the beanie. He just was like, he didn't shut up for the rest of the year. Because I guess that was, their, that was the, their franchise's first. Their second appearance? Mm-hmm. Right? Was that their second appearance? Maybe? I don't know. They had sucked for so long. They sucked for that. a long time. But yeah. maybe it was their second. I just mean like, damn, is this what it's like if your fucking team was a championship and like you just get to talk shit and like mm-hmm. be loud as fuck to mm-hmm. children and mm-hmm. just like point in children's faces and be like, ah, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Did you uh so how do you feel about this NFL season? See, I the NFL like all season is mostly boring. There's not enough that's going to happen for you to be like to like there's not there's never enough moves, mm-hmm. you know, for you to be like, oh, like for speculation. So you're just like looking at your roster and be like, well, this guy should be better. You know, mm-hmm. like Carson should be a lot better. You got like this last season of like fucking Jason Peters and stuff. You know, look at your running back. Oh, like we could like put up points like every every franchise, every fan is like, yo, we're going to put up 35 points a game, bro. It's a wrap. Not yes, Giants rap, fans. Like, uh, yeah, except for you guys. <laughs> well, no, I love Saquon. They're going to be like the best 21 yeah. points. <laughs> yeah. 18 points a game yeah. team and, you know, fucking uh, 80% of the game, they just have the ball. Yeah. You know, seven yards at six Although yards. Although if I was home. him, I'd like, I'd go down with some like injury that nobody's ever heard of in like week four. <laughs> yeah, right, like, right after you start one and two, it's like, oh, yeah. ah, you know what? Yeah, my head, my back hurt. I don't know what it. Yeah, you know, yeah. I tore my, my labrum. Where's the labrum? I don't know. It's it torn. Yeah, something. Yeah, remember when Mike Tyson was like, "I broke my back." <laughs> just say <laughs> that shit. Just go up there and just lie blatantly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you hear that shit about uh, running backs wanting to start their own association, their own uh, their own union or whatever? No, it was maybe like a week ago. Huh? Because they not only get paid the least, 
uh-huh. of any starter in, in the NFL, they have like the shortest. Like I used to think that shit. I was like, oh well, Adrian Peterson played ten years or whatever, and like yeah. you think of like the main guys, but really it's like two two summers, and then it's just like, oh well, he's gone. I mean, you know, where's Rashard Mendenhall at? You know, that might kill the position. Yeah. Like, what do I need a running back for? Yeah, but th- I think that like I can just I can just get like five or six wide receivers, can I? And I just line two of them up back. I think the part I think the part of that the part with that is like well, why do they keep drafting running backs high? It's like if they're not valuable, you know. That's good. That's like Zeke's that's argument. Good. It's like if that's I'm good. not valuable, why did you pick me? Yeah, you did not have to pick me that high if I wasn't valuable. Well, then Jerry would have to be like, well, not Jerry, because I actually think like without Jerry like, subconsciously wants to give that guy yeah without the CBA he's paying trouble. all of them. He and wants he's going to gonna pay those three and three more. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, so, he's Steinbrenner. He would pay to win every year. I don't know why NFL owners are so cheap. Maybe it's because the luxury tax really hurts their pockets, you know? It digs into their margins maybe a little bit too much. Well, then just get rid of the luxury tax. Like, just get rid of the cap. Like, it's, it's the most profitable franchise or uh, uh, league out there. Like, why... Why do you uh why do you have this like artificial stuff in there? And like honestly, like I mean, I'm borrowing Simmons' take here, but like it's because we need to make sure that Jerry Jones and Daniel Snyder don't, you know, spend a half a million half a billion dollars on a team every year. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. Handcuff a court. They treat it like fantasy football. They hit like they they draft like three quarterbacks, they get they pay top dollar for like yeah positions that other teams really need. But they should find better ways to do it, like you know, the Major League Baseball is still a non-salary cap sport, yeah. and they found a way to get George Steinbrenner under control to the point where, like, you know, the Yankees can't just buy everything. Blank the check that... their way into a championship. Right. So, like, do it that way and, like, you know, shut... you would, you would think stop that, having uh... the players. Like, why, why do you as an owner or as, like, an ownership group, why is it good for your brand and your reputation and just, like, your general feeling about yourself? Why does it feel good that from, like... June through early September every year, the dominant headline is not the product, it's not the game, it's the players upset that they're yeah, not getting on. paid with the Actually, should. I need more money now. Yeah. I need more money now, actually, before I even, I'm not coming back. Right. It is funny that, like, uh, out of all the leagues, well, out of, I, I'm throwing hockey out of the equation because they're, they're, you know, they do sign for like eight years and mm-hmm. just never leave. The NFL has to figure out a way to make their free agency more dynamic, you know? Yeah. Maybe if they had guaranteed contracts, it would just turn into what the NBA does. It's like, because because players don't have long shelf lives, you'll be more comfortable, like, giving a 26-year-old or a 27-year-old, right? like, a you know, a big two-year contract and being like, all right, well, this is it. Like, play your ass, play your ass off or you're not coming back and we won't, we won't give a shit. You know, we already gave you the money, so it doesn't really even matter to us anymore, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think the counter to that is then it's going to turn into, like, what the NBA is, where it's like, oh, yeah, I want five years guaranteed with an opt-out in year three. I I feel like the elite guys have that power already. It yeah. might not be into their contract, but, like, they have that. You always I, have that fear when you have a big dude. It's like, oh, well, if I don't make him happy. Yeah. If I don't sign, his, if I don't sign this receiver he likes or bring his, like, college QB coach onto the staff, then, like, he's not going to want to stay here. Yeah, and I think, too, that, um, is that bad for the NBA? Like, I... I I think it's good, man. I've been following the NBA all summer. 
Like all like it's since, so since the minute the finals was over, I'm still following the NBA. The all season is more interesting. Sport. Yeah. The regular season is captivating. It's crazy. Yeah, I can't wait for games to the start. The playoffs are really like con they it takes a minute to, to for the wheels to turn. Right. But it's like, oh, this is amazing. And then the second it ends, it's like all yeah. right, well, now you get on Twitter. It's all this drama. Yeah. And it's fun drama. It's not even like players like visibly fighting or angry with each other. Everybody's trying to get paid. Yeah. And motherfuckers, everybody thinks they can win. Yeah. Which, like, I feel like in the NBA, people think it's the easiest sport to win in. But I really, it's not because the same teams win because they're the most talented. Right? It's yeah. Like, although, I mean, Toronto just won. Yeah. So, but they the needed, same teams don't win. They needed a. Essentially, what they got was like a miracle. They got yep. the most important players on that team to yep. just have crazy ass injuries. But you know, if they hadn't won, just given the way the injuries worked out for Golden State, the Bucks were going to. Hmm. Just the way the injuries worked out, fully, fully healthy Golden State. I See, think I don't know. I think would have beaten Toronto too, but like I, I don't think I don't they know, definitely would have beat the Bucks. The Bucks were so boring in the playoffs, right? Cause it's like, uh, yeah, I guess a little. I think I think their their game plan was is like really good for Giannis's like development. Uh huh. You know, just really just put the ball in his hands, get his usage rate high, let let him work on moves mid season, let him right. do a bunch of weird shit. But then it's just like if George Hill doesn't hit a three, now we lost. It's like that that can't be, that can't be your end all be all. It's like George That's Hill, true. Eric Bledsoe. That's true. Malcolm Malcolm Bronga was was really good, and I think. Maybe the reason why he left is because he saw that, like, with that coaching, that coaching style and the way that they played games, it wasn't really going to materialize in anything. It would, it would just always be the Giannis show, yeah, and not the let's win an Eastern Conference Finals. There's that, and he also just given what he did last year was going to get a lot of money, so like he could he could shop. Yeah, why did they pay Bledsoe like in like April, like March or whatever? Why did they do that? Because that doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. All right, well. He's always been like a hot commodity. Teams have always wanted him, even though yeah. he really has never done anything to right. prove it, except for like show like athleticism and like I don't know, I guess like good heart. Yeah, it's like oh his skill set is raw, and he plays hard. Yeah, so like yeah, a bunch of like twenty eight teams have won him. Yeah, but it's like he has he's never proven himself. Yeah, so why pay him early? I guess I don't know. Especially like now, Brogdon's gone, and he was obviously right. more important, right? You know, and he's going to a team that's like you're going to see, mm-hmm. and his team is going to be probably. I don't know when Oladipo is coming back. If Oladipo was coming back like soon, like in December, oh yeah, I have no idea. He's probably going to be out for like half the season. I don't know what in the East that might not matter. East is a is a weird case because at least two of those teams are very good. The Sixers, yes. the Sixers and the Bucks will probably still be very good regular season teams, you know. I mean, I don't, I don't want this to happen, and I hope it doesn't. And I hope Jason Tatum's like, I hope, I hope in a couple years we're saying, you remember when we thought Jason Tatum was good? Yeah. Um, yeah. I really hope that happens, but I'm actually worried that like Kyrie corner, actually yeah. messed up Tatum. Like I don't think was he it Kyrie or was it Kobe. <laughs> oh yeah, no, they that's fair. Basically, that like Tatum got messed up last year, and like some of the stuff that like, like I heard Windhorse say some stuff coming out of like Team USA, and like it's he looks different and stuff like that. And 
Kemba Walker seems like maybe one of the most decent human beings in the NBA. Like, yeah. like the ultimate team guy. Yeah. Um, and didn't so that say, didn't say shit in Charlotte. Right. That team sucked ass. And so, like, that could put them at like you know, that could put them at the point where like if you're in the Eastern Conference semis, like you you could if they make no moves and they had no like game changing pieces between yeah. now and the playoffs. I could easily see a scenario where, like, the Bucks and the Sixers are sitting there going, uh, well, we don't want to have to play Boston before the finals. Yeah. So, and, like, you know, like, fighting in a way to, like, make sure that, like, they don't have to yeah. deal with them in the semis. They, so, yeah, they end up seeing the Heat yeah. instead of... Why do you think it's going to be the Heat? Yeah, I think the Heat will be... They might be able to sneak their way into, like, four, maybe. Because, like, Jimmy Buckets is going to be one of two things, right? He's either going to be, he's either going to be, like, no, nah, I got my money at South Beach. I'm good. He's not. I'm good. See, I'm... I think the thing about Miami is that they really get players into shape. No, I don't think it's going to be that either. I think what he's going to be is heat check every night, where it's going to yeah. be, like, I'm number you know, one again. Pe- people have been doubting me my entire career, and I've never been in a good situation where I could actually, like, own it. And now I'm with a team that, like, you know, heat culture and all that. Like, all these guys are I here like to Pat play. I like He's cool yeah. as fuck. You know, I'm on a boat. Yep. Yeah, fishing or whatever. Yeah. Ma- so, anyway, this is a tangent. Why doesn't the NFL want this? Because, like, oh, we're yeah, just, yeah, yeah. we're sitting here going back and forth. Talking about, about all like, this amazing stuff, all, all this cool this, shit. All this great, like, NBA stuff. NBA. And, like, with the NFL, I care from, like, my fantasy draft to Saturday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I started caring this week. Yep. I will care yeah, right up until Sunday. the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. At which point I will be so sick and tired of the NFL. Like last year, by the time the Super Bowl hit, I was like, I just want this to be over. Like I, I'm gonna watch all the way to the end, but I just want this to be yeah, over. Yeah. I do You're not on even... your phone. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> Especially during the playoffs and like some of those early, like first the first weekend of the, the playoffs. First weekend is, is really awful. boring. So yeah. terrible. And then I don't care again. And I don't care about the draft, but I get that some people do. You but che- like, again, you're che- you check your phone for that. That's yeah, not something I, that you're really invested in. Right. No, you're I'm like, not. Wait, who's this? Exactly. You see who it is, you Google them. Right. You know? And that's because I don't care about um I don't care about college football. Like, you know, like I watch like the national championship game and stuff like that, but I don't I don't really care about college football yeah. to like know like I've been so like I used to love college sports so much, man. Yeah, oh, it yeah. It was such a big part of, like, just me understanding and giving a shit about sports is, like, yeah. researching all these old-ass teams and all, you know, great players and shit. And yeah. then I don't know what it was. It might have been... It kind of was, like, right after Tebow got out of college football. Yeah. That's when it got really boring to me. Yeah. Well, that's when... That's kind of, like, when the Saban stuff started. Yeah. It's like, damn, this guy's just going to win every time. Yeah. You know? And I was like, I don't give a shit anymore. So so that leaves, like, what? That's, that's like, 16, 20, 20 weeks a year. And if you care about the draft, let's say 22 weeks a year, that you care about the NFL, right? Yeah. And you may care intensely, and they may make all this money in that time, but it's still 22 weeks a year. Name for me the least exciting time on the NBA calendar of the 12 months. The, these past, like, 10 days. Sorry. Maybe. Do the do the lead like it has to be six weeks. Pick the least exciting six mm, weeks. Oh, like an entire season. Hmm. I don't think you get that far. I don't think there's. 
I don't think there's a six-week point in a year. Yeah, it's sometime after Christmas and, like, before the playoffs. You find because some six-week break in there where you're like, I know what these teams are. I have a pretty good idea, like, who's going to be there at the end. Like, I'm still watching these games, but that what I'm saying is, I'm not saying it's boring. I'm saying yeah, it's yeah, the yeah. least I exciting. Know, I don't even know if that's the least exciting. Cause so right, Christmas is kind of like the unofficial real start to the season, right? Actually, yeah, let's go Let's so, go after the trade deadline. Yeah, after yeah okay, the trade yeah, that deadline, makes more sense. After the trade deadline, you... Usually got like three weeks of just like yes, whatever. And what are they thinking about doing around that time of year to grab your eyeballs? That stupid midseason tournament. Oh yeah, that the thing that great. they're gonna like. <laughs> the NBA is at a point where they're like, well, people care a lot about us. Like, you know, ten months a year, we've got this two months like All Star game, dry, trade know? deadline. Like, you know, the that's schedule it. Like, slows down. Whatever. Let's spice it up a little bit. It's like, I mean, the NBA sitting there trying to corner off all fifty-two weeks. Meanwhile, the NFL and because like their free agency is so boring, and because instead of having like all this excitement around like yeah, it's so you know, closed door and so lame, right? And because like the most exciting thing that happens in their off season is like who's gonna hold out, who's gonna cave, you know, like and that's just yeah, all yeah. this negative stuff that nobody really wants. The Brickishaw Ferguson is, has not reported to yeah exactly <laughs> the not the mandatory one. What's the one? The optional, whatever. which just makes fans mad. Like yeah, fans yeah. are just sitting there like. Pay the guys. You're all billionaires anyway, or yeah, they're like yeah. just shut up and play. But like, yeah, they one- figured out a way to make it more like aggressive than it yeah. needs to be. And the drama is not fun. It's the drama is like, not fun because like when you hear like your star, when you hear Zeke is not playing, you're like, oh well, that means my team's going to suck. Right. Oh, I don't want to think about that. Where in the more, NBA, you know? the drama is so much fun. The drama is m- maybe my favorite part of the NBA. Yeah. And like the little, the weird Instagram shit guys have been doing this uh-huh. past year and a half is like. You know, they'll show themselves, like, in the gym after an injury or, like, yeah. you know, hanging out or something. Like, uh, yesterday, uh, Ben Simmons posted a video. He was at a gym in L.A., and he was putting up threes. He's putting up all—usually his—okay. All right, tell he, me why you're excited about the Sixers. This is your moment. Two seasons ago, his Instagram was just him in the gym, working out. No, no basketball in sight. Last, last year— his his thing was he was in the gym, but he was in L.A. He was in L.A. the entire. It felt like the entire summer. He was like getting out of Lamborghinis and doing a. He was constantly. Why was, was that? Why why was he in L.A. the entire he was summer? Working out with LeBron because it was when he signed with no, Clutch. No, I think. No, come what? on, come on again. Why why was he in L.A. all last summer? Because it's nice. Oh, what do you want me to say? Nah, come on. There's a thought. Oh, because of Kylie or not Kylie Kendall. Whatever. We're I guess Who, I it doesn't care. matter. First of all, they they charter jets, so they <laughs> they could have hung out here too. But I think. And maybe this she's is she's hanging out in Philly. This is some. Uh, <laughs> I also don't know. If, also Philly. don't think they're dating anymore. I think they they're broke not. up. No, they broke yeah. up. They broke up recently. Yeah, but uh, yeah, which is good for you all. He was working. He was working out in L.A. all the time. But it, again, it was no. It was more him in a basketball gym, but not enough of him. It was like him like dunking and stuff. And then this summer, it has been any time that he pops up in a gym, it's jump shots. Mm-hmm. His form is disgusting and it's too slow. And he's not going to be. He's not going to be hitting them at a clip. That you'll look at and be like, "Oh, okay." Well, that's not possible but in the, an off season. The, I think if he just starts taking, and my, this has been my thing with him for like the past eighteen months, you just start taking shots. You do not have to make them. You just need guys to close the gap. You just need to take them. Like that right. was what Giannis did. Yeah, Giannis' first playoff series, I think it might have been against the against the Cavs. Mm-hmm. It was LeBron's Cavs, or maybe like a I forget who it is, but I remember just seeing him like do the same thing Simmons would do. He would like. 
get a get a pick and roll action going, stop at the key, and then just not know what to do. And then yeah. like people would back off, and he would shoot a tw- uh, nineteen footer, and it would be a brick. So isn't it kind of crazy to you that like professional basketball players don't know how to shoot a basketball? Yeah. So in 10, 12 years, you know what's going to be the crazy thing basketball players don't know how to do? Dribble a basketball dribble. and get into the lane. Yeah, dunk. Because <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be the guys who grew up like watching like Steph, and it's gonna be every guy in the league is oh, gonna no. be this oh, like fuck. you know it, it's gonna be this like mm, you know forty eight percent three point shooter. It's all dunk. It's all like, dunks and threes. Nobody knows how to do a reverse. But it's anymore. not even gonna be dunks because it's gonna be like guys who are like, well, he's really good. See, like you know, off the ball. So like he gets like open off the ball, and then somebody dishes to. But like, there's nobody to dish to him off the ball. I don't. Yeah, I don't know if he'll get that drastic. Because no, it won't be that. Some drastic. of the other stuff is just. But there too... will be these players that like are going in like the top ten of the first round. Who yeah, like, yeah. yeah, his ball handling's not the best. He can't do shit. Right. But yo, if you want to see my man pull from forty, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> just anywhere. Yeah, and maybe uh, I remember I used to smoke weed and get real paranoid, and I would think of, I would think about basketball. I remember I would play two K, or I wouldn't play two K. I would put the two computers against each other, and I would just watch that shit for like three hours. Uh-huh. And I was like, damn, like. Depending on which teams you pick, they just start jacking up shots. This is the computer uh-huh. based off of like, because they use math based off of like, uh, you know, end game stuff. Yeah. To like figure out a player's personality. And it's like most of the teams that like you do this with, you pass it to the main guy, he just pulls. Mm-hmm. And then it's like not even, then it's like not even the main guy. It's like the, the fifth option. Like, oh, he gets the ball. He's just going to let that shit fly. It's fascinating. Which, uh, Back then, it would really... Again, I was getting really freaked out. I was listening to a lot of Waka Flocka back then, a lot of Gucci Man. Yeah, so speaking of this, like, before uh, we did this, I told you I had a fun story from last week. Oh, weekend. yeah, yeah, let me hear this. Last Sunday story? Is this a work Really st- embarrassing. This is a work story, right? No. No, no, no. This oh, is, wait. Oh. This is us hanging out with friends in, um, in their backyard, grilling, and we were uh, hanging out all afternoon, and um, I'd had... I'd had food... I had had maybe like four or five drinks. Like I'm not, not feeling anything. Cause it's been over like several hours. Yeah, like yeah. I'm not. You've anywhere. been hanging. You've been chilling. Just been just been chilling. Sitting in the shade. Exactly. You know? And uh, this guy shows up and pulls out a giant joint and lights it up, passes it around. You want? And he's like, Nah, I'm good. And like I, I had, was not feeling like I wanted to like smoke that day. Yeah. Comes around again. I'm like, Nah, I'm still good. Yeah, I'm alright. Um, it has been a minute since like I've had any weed and um and i do enjoy the feeling and i was like <laughs> ah, maybe nah, it. you know it's all right <laughs> so then he pulls out another and he lights this up and it comes around and i was like yeah i took one hit yeah, yeah, yeah. one hit normally what that does you know how like if you have one cup of coffee in the morning you don't feel it but like it does something it like does, you yeah, didn't yeah. have that coffee you would have had a headache or like whatever yeah, you're like, or, like, hey, like i'm a little productive you would have been like sluggish or whatever yeah. you don't notice it you have to have like five cups of coffee and then you get jittery or whatever um, yeah. so that's usually like one hit. Like I never, I don't ever notice one hit. I just know that I'm in like a really good I'm ch- mood. I'm chilling. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so all of Damn, a sudden. Damn, I feel great. <laughs> no. So all of a sudden, um, what was the first time? The first time I, I started feeling something. I was like, oh, wow, that, that actually hit. All right. Well, and like I go along then all of a sudden stuff starts getting really significant. And I was like, <laughs> what? This should not happen, like, this off of that, like, little, that doesn't yeah. make any sense. And then, like, I got to this point where I was like, 
this is not good. I'm, I'm about to pass out. Like, I'm just sitting <laughs> in a chair. I'm like, I'm actually about to pass out. It says, I should probably get out of this situation. Yeah, that's So I stand sick. up. I walk across this back patio, and there was, like, maybe an 18-inch drop, like, to the sidewalk. Yeah. And I stepped down, and I just did, like, a tuck roll, like, onto the sidewalk. <laughs> and next thing I know, my friend's, like, standing over me. He's like, that's pretty sick. Yo, are you okay? Yeah. I was like, clearly uh, not. No, no, I'm all right. <laughs> and he's like, can I check the back of your head? And I was like, yeah, that's fair that you would ask that. Yeah. I mean, I'm fine. but. Yeah. And so then at this point, I'm like, well, I'm already an ass, so I'm just going to lay here <laughs> until I feel good enough to on stand On the pavement? Up. Yeah, on the sidewalk. On the sidewalk? All right, cool. And I'm just going to lay here until I feel like straight enough better. to like walk home. So like, I laid there for a couple of minutes. I get up, and there's like two of my friends, this couple. They're just like sitting in these chairs. <laughs> Drinking a beer, having a good old time. I was like, "Wow, you guys are good friends. Thank you very much." Damn, yo. Like I walked back <laughs> over to the backyard. I was like, "All right, so I'm clearly messed up. I'm gonna go home. Yeah, I'm going home. I'm going to sleep now. I can't handle this <laughs> shit." Yeah, yeah. My friend's like, hey, "I'm gonna walk with you," and I was like, it, "It's two blocks. I'm really okay." Yeah, yeah I'm alright. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna walk with you. I was like, all right, "Fine." <laughs> um, you just fell. <laughs> but I've never felt like so stupid. Like I mean, I've gotten like messed up before, but like it was always clear why it was like oh yeah it was drink 12 um or you know something like that and it's been years and like i've never had it over like i don't know if it's like i don't know what it is but yeah maybe just because you haven't you haven't been chiefing man i will and you haven't mixed probably in a minute which that affects you a little bit it affects you man that whole tile that stoner shot got a hot tolerance that shit means a lot you ever see like your home, like that dude who smoked the two L's back to back? He was fine. He was chilling, playing with a deck of cards and shit. You know what I mean? Telling great stories. And you took one puff for real, like for oh fuck. You know what I mean? woke up the next day and I uh, I'm like texting people. I was like, God, I don't. I'm not making excuses. That's never happened before. <laughs> I don't know what that yeah. was. That was like um, the first time I smoked weed. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> Shut up. Um. So uh, no, and they're like. Why are you apologizing? I was like, because I feel really stupid. Yeah, yeah, you had the play-by-play going over yeah. in your head. I was like, wait, what did I do? Why is my shirt dirty? Oh, shit. Fuck. No, no, it wasn't because I wasn't that, like, out of it. Oh, yeah, you were there for it. No, I was there for the whole thing. <laughs> I was aware of everything that was going on. It'd be one thing if I was completely out of it and woke up and I was like, how did I get home? Look at your phone. That yeah, would have yeah. been a different kind of embarrassment. I wouldn't have felt as embarrassed about that. I would have just been like, oh... Well, it seems like I haven't like really matured yet. Like I still like do stuff like this. This was more. Uh, it seemed like it was my first time ever being at a party. You know, that's like, pretty cool. Yeah. Like, uh, like that stuff with Kamala Harris. Like after uh, she talked about <laughs> how like she smoked weed yeah, in college, listening to, listening to and t- yeah, and it turns Snoop out up. like yeah, Tupac and Snoop both released their first albums like a couple years after she graduated college. Yeah, yeah. and uh, just ass I saw some like she's so funny, man. Somebody tweeted out like some picture of her on like some red carpet wearing like a blazer and like oh like, yeah, a that shirt was underneath me. it. And it was like, or I, I'll I have saw one weed, please. Yeah, yeah, that was me. May I have one weed, please? Sir? Yeah, I felt yeah. like that. I felt like yeah, that. Yeah. I felt like was personified. A cop? In that. Yeah, that's pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, yo, let's let's turn this into the Politipod right real quick. She is. Whatever I didn't, I didn't really know about politics until maybe I was like twenty one or 20. that's when I started like trying to pay attention to people. Oh, what is this person like? What do they believe in? What are like their stances on things? I used to watch Meet the Press when I was like a teen. Remember oh, yeah. that guy that had a heart attack at the? I forget his name. Um, oh. I forget his name. The former host of Meet yeah, the yeah. Press, yeah, dark hair, stocky build guy, yeah, 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 yeah. Kind of pretty chill guy. I, I want to call him Russilla, but that's not right. Russer, Tim Russer, Tim Russer, yeah, yeah. 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 
I used to watch that shit and I would be like, oh, I don't know what the fuck is going on. And I didn't realize that so many people in politics are really just lame. They're just nerds and yeah. they're lame. Dog, this shit with Kamala, uh, that fucking black dude that told Joe Biden, you're all up in the Kool-Aid uh-huh. and you don't know the flavor. It's like, these motherfuckers have no grip on like reality. They're in yeah. their own world and like they can't, this is their chance to like step out of it and like be cool. It's part of the reason why Trump won. It's and he why was, Obama won and why Ob- Bush won. Ob- yeah, those and are, why Clinton won. Like, think about yeah, the last four. The last four. Cool as fuck. Right. You could hate, you could love and hate all of them. Oh, for yeah. And there's certain numerous reasons for all right. of them. They're presidents as. I, I, you, have in power, hard, you have a hard time hating Obama. Like, you can, like, not yeah, totally yeah. love him and, like, whatever, but, yeah, like, yeah. Hating, oh, he, hating would be rough. Hating is rough. He does have some shit out there that he's sure. the, that, that they all do. Yeah. Which, that's what comes with the job. It's like, once you get that job, yeah. you are no longer, you're in a, a specific category of right. a type of person. Right. That, I, like, I, I kind of believe that, like, somewhere in his second year, somebody was like, yeah, so we can kill people with flying robots <laughs> now. And he was like... We can? Yeah. yeah. Can, no, can, what, I, can I hold the joystick? What happened is they were like, this is something that we've, we're already planning to do and we're going to do and there's nothing you can do about it. So we're just going to make, we're going to make this seem like this is, this is not your thing, but this is, you, you have no option in, in this. And he's like, okay. He just goes on about his day. That's, like, that's not, that's not an acceptable explanation to me, but okay. You think... I mean, how much of their position is just like being like a figurehead, being like a personality, somebody for people to root for or root against? No, I feel like that's a pretty easy press conference. He just comes to the microphone and he goes, uh, America, uh, I found out that we can kill people with flying robots. <laughs> I think this is cool. <laughs> um, I don't think that's okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I've immediately ordered the downing of all killer flying robots. No, nah, man, that's that. No, you can't go against the grain like that. No, I think most people would have been like, oh, yeah, we're not killing people. That's with why they don't robots. tell people about that shit, though. That's why you don't learn about it until like they did. They did what in 2011? And they're like, yeah, 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 it was their thing. They did that for like a, you know, eight month program. They blew up like, da, 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 and you're like, the, wait, they did what? For it? It's like, all right, you could, whatever, I guess, sympathize with that dude, Chris By the Kyle. way, is there any impression easier than Obama's? I don't work on that. It's, but a it's whole just lot. like, it's just the cadence. You peep that. You don't even have to get the You peep voice the rock right. talks just like him, too. I think that's just a Hawaiian thing. The rock he's talks. He's Samoan. Like, yeah, but I think he's from Hawaii. He's from Hawaii. He grew up in Hawaii. The rock. Yeah, Dwayne and Mark Johnson. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I just assumed. That's how they both have that weird, like they clip it, they clip it at the end. Got Does it. that make any sense? Yeah. It's weird. No, for sure. I was listening to Frank Caliendo was just on Sarah Spain's uh, podcast, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and she was asking him how you go about like building like um, an impression. He's like, well, you start with the cadence. Like you don't even like try tone of voice, voice or like whatever. Yeah, yeah. You just try to get to like where you're putting words and sentences together with like the speed and like the cadence that they do. That's, that's and once you have that, of, like yeah. the rest of it like comes just pretty falls easy. In place. Yeah, I mean that makes sense. Like, if you want to do a Christopher Walken impression, you don't start with his voice. You oh, start yeah. with that dumbass. Right, because I, I, there's no way I could get his voice. I'm not voice. even going to try that right now. Yeah. But, uh, wait, what are we what were we talking about? Politics and how, like, you realize they were all nerds. Oh, yeah. So, whatever. You know, people start announcing that they're running for president. It's a big it's a big election. Yeah. And they're all dorks. They're all dorks. Every it's, last it's one of them. It's 20 Democrats. Yeah, it's all like dorks. one guy. It's like two people opposing Trump. Yeah. And it's like, all right, let me just go down the list and see what type of nerd that right. I'm going to vote for. And it's just like annoying nerd, bitchy nerd, 
not even a smart nerd, just like a socially awkward person. Mm-hmm. And then you get the Kamala was like, like I didn't know anything about her. Like you never know anything about these people until like they announce that they're running for president. And her policies and the things that she wanted to do and the things that she said, it's like, why are you even? You know, this is not going to work out. Right. You know, Democrats are not going to vote for a prosecutor that tried to throw moms in prison for their kids missing, you know, six days of school. <laughs> you know. Yeah. You it's know. a wild one. It's just like she and doesn't they don't have a grip. They want to be friendly to everybody, which makes sense. They want to be likable, but they don't realize that they do something one day and then the next day they piss people off. Like she did the And by the way, speaking of nerds on that, what you just yeah. said about like a prosecutor who's throwing moms in prison and stuff like that. Um uh you know, our our chief nerd in this process, Joe Biden, comes along yeah. and he decides national television is the right time to try to point out that, like, hey, uh, actually, like on civil rights, you're terrible. Like, <laughs> it's like the t- you don't need to say that, Joe. Like, you yeah, can just yeah. sit there and, like, take, like, the punching bag hits. Just be like, Somebody Shh. else will do, like, the deep dive on, like, her prosecutorial record and, like, point yeah. out that, like. You yeah. kind of yeah. This is horrible. Like whatever the opposite of Krasner is, you were that. You're really at the far end. Like what was the thing where she was uh like some town hall or something? She's like, we can't be like the prison system needs these laborers or some shit. She was like, we need these people to stay in jail. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what kind of what kind of position is that to take? I thought mm-hmm. I thought criminal justice was supposed to be about reform, right? Like you do that, you get punished for something, and then you're supposed to be able to leave and reacclimate into society and like reintegrate, I guess is the better word. Yeah. There's some people like, don't see nah, it that man. way. No, it's like, we need free labor. We need free labor. And actually a lot of people make money off of them being in jail. So maybe we should do a lot to like, you know, keep them in, you know, getting more people in. What about these mom? What about these single mom? You know what? If these single mothers start going to jail, then the chances of their kids going to jail are higher. And then we just keep the circle going. I don't want to get, I don't want to get, no, Real like at some point, it. like I mean, I, I just I, I just I don't know was... where it was like in the last like you know somebody else would know better than me like somewhere in the last like twenty five thirty years. Yeah. But like once Reagan started winning on like Democrats are irresponsible and they like are loose with money and they want to take like hardworking people's money and give it to people who don't want to work hard and all of that. All of a sudden, like there was like this mainstream I'm gonna call it or like connected maybe is a better way to say it like part of the Democratic Party that was just like oh. We need to show people we're about like hard work and, and responsibility <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and like, you know, fiscal sound policies and stuff yeah, yeah. like that. And like they became, you know, they became the type of people who like label themselves one way, but then you listen to them talk and it's like, how are you that are much you different than about? like, yeah. you know, the people we're kind of trying to beat here? Like, there is no difference. you know, like rehabilitation is why every other country that doesn't have like a mass incarceration problem doesn't have a mass incarceration problem because they're about rehabilitation and yeah, like about they don't believe that people are fundamentally broken and that like you know it's all about like we just need to keep punishing, like yeah, yeah. punishing and punishing torture. and punishing yeah exactly prison, prison right. is torture there's no other way there's no other way to describe it is it's, right. it's very visibly a system put into place to torture people yeah so like it's not like it's whatever it was stuff that we they, did this uh we did this event like um when was it like a month ago, yeah, I can talk about this because it was a public event. Yeah, we did this event like uh, like a month ago. Um, like our office, I work for the Philadelphia Office of Community Empowerment and Opportunity, and we did this whole event on uh, uh, fines and fees and uh, 
the barrier to reentry and the criminalization of poverty. And like the way that like when you go through like the criminal justice system, like there's certain fines and fees that are assessed against you. And like a lot of this stuff came up like during a time when like the prison populations were growing and it was becoming like a large financial burden to like municipalities to like have to pay for putting all these people in jail basically. And so they decided to start passing that off to like the folks who were going through the criminal justice system, which like on the one hand, like, off, you know, without knowing anything else doesn't seem the craziest thing I've ever heard. Yeah, I, I yeah, still don't necessarily agree with it because, like, law and order and criminal justice benefits all of us, so we should all pay for it. But um, the the real, like, insidious nature of it from my perspective is that, like, most of these people don't have that money. So, like, you are conditioning their reentry and their rehabilitation because before you can be fully back, right, having paid your debt to side or whatever, you have to pay this you couldn't yeah. afford it before you went in. You couldn't afford it Definitely after you came out. Definitely can't afford it after you come It's out. just hanging around your neck. And we had this guy who was there, and he had done um, 20 years, and he was talking about um, how, like, when he was in, like, you know, they work, and they get paid, like, you know, less than a dollar an hour or yeah, whatever. 20 cents or something. Ends up really. being, like, some $60 a month paycheck or whatever. And you use that money to pay for things like printing your... Uh, printing your appeals paperwork for like you know your court case or like buying stuff at the commissary because like you know prison diet is not fully nutritious um so you have to like buy better stuff or like you have to pay for your phone calls home like you have to actually pay for your phone calls home um and they become cheaper but like they used to be a lot more than they are now it's still ridiculous that we charge anything but out of that 60 dollars a month they would take 10 percent to pay back your your court debt. Yeah, yeah um, court fees, yeah. And they also, if somebody from outside sent you money, they would take 10% of that as well. <laughs> That's and it's fucking like, fucked up. Yeah, no, it really is. You right? know that like, gift that you got? We just took a little bit. And then actually when you come to spend it, we're going to take some of that too. And so like, really I'm asking funny. them to like... I don't give any fucks, yo. So like, I, I started asking them to like put this in like real terms or like whatever. I was like, how much was a phone call? He was like, well, it kept changing, but like the most it ever was was five bucks. And I was like, all right, so they took 10% of like your $60 a month. So basically they took a phone call away from you. So like if you have family, friends, like whatever, that you're trying to stay connected with, and we didn't get into this, but like a lot of research shows that one of the keys to like re-entry is maintaining relationships like good relationships like while you're in so when you get out you still have that support network and whatever um you know so phone calls are part of the way you do that we're taking one of those a month away just because we want to make it a little bit harder for you to transition out of this situation back into life because we think it'll be better for society if like you get out and like don't know which way to turn. We think good results. Will <laughs> yeah, you come have from no that. opportunity. Yeah, you got nobody to go to. You don't know where your family's moved or yeah. any type of shit. You've been in here for like fifteen years or some wild shit. We got I, way away from sports. I definitely we did. Uh, oh, I, we got to Kamala because I wanted to say I think it was funny how she was like, she tweeted she was like, she's like Id Mubarak or something. She was like Happy Id, you know. Shout out to all my Muslims. And then the next day, within like hours, she was like. Damn, I just got my first pork chop. This pork chop's good. It's just, just like not knowing your audience exactly, like trying to get that all was the way she was in there. South Carolina. Yeah, it was hilarious. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, like I've had a lot of family and close friends spend time behind behind bars and jails and like bookends and then like, uh, like whatever. Like I guess like state road and shit like where they hold you until your your trial happens 
and even family and friends have been like in federal penitentiaries and stuff. And it's just like, essentially, once you make a mistake, which a lot, that's what a lot of it is. Like you, if you ask the question, why are people doing these crimes? It's not like you can go down the line and people just be like, you know, I just want to do bad shit. Like I want to do hood rat shit with my friends. The stories are usually like, you know, I was really hungry and I didn't have, you know, my family didn't have anything and like, I couldn't get a job because I didn't graduate high school for X, X, Y, Z or whatever. Or like I did get a job and it wasn't enough. And like, you know, you're going to take my mom's house or all this stuff. So like, I, you know, I resorted to like the bottom line of like, I need to get money by whatever means that may be. And then, then it's like, Oh, that one mistake you just made, you'll never be able to live a regular life again. Right. And then the rest of society will look at you like you're a burden Right, because you're and you 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 said this phrase earlier like uh, criminalizing poverty. Yeah, saying like the poorest people are poor not just because they want to be, because they like. Uh, a friend of mine has uh, I don't, I don't want to say his name, but his mother in law said that to his daughter. She they were like driving through a poor neighborhood, like a like a black neighborhood or something. She was like, yeah, like these, like they want to be poor, like they like being, they like not having stuff because then they get to just get welfare. What? Yeah, this is this is really funny. But she said this to like a a teenager, like a fourteen year old, and she was like, uh, "You know, people like the like they like they want to be poor. They like to go because you get benefits and like you get stuff in jail." So like, this is like this reminds me of like the um, Patton Oswalt does this uh, stand up routine where he uh, it's basically this mom. He's over at his friend's house. And, like, they had both just gotten, like, a cell phone or something like that. One of them had gotten a cell phone or something like that. And he's, like, 12 years old or whatever. And, like, you know, he says, the first time in my life this ever happened. But his mom turns around and is like, if you're ever in a black or Mexican neighborhood, don't take your cell phone out because they'll beat you up to get it. <laughs> and he was like, I don't think that's yeah, 100% that's right what you just said. Yeah. And he's like, it's the first time in my life, like, you go through life, like, as a kid where you're just, like, you know, like, an adult tells you something, you're like, oh, that must be the truth. Like, you my just, mom like, said it. You believe, like, everything that somebody says. And he was like, and at this point in my life, I thought Chewbacca was a real thing. At, th- <laughs> at 12 years old, I knew two things were true. Chewbacca was real, and Mexicans and black people don't beat you don't up for your cell phone. Don't just randomly beat you up for your <laughs> he was like, Hold on, let's, he, t- let's take a break. I got to pee really bad. I'm going to go pee. Oh, yeah, go All right. Give me one second. All right, your boy's back. This is going to be a good challenge for me because I've been trying to edit the podcast to make it sound nicer. Nice. So just adding it out to tw- the 30 seconds of me pissing. Um, yeah, but to get back to what you were... Get, get back to what we were talking about. Uh, it is funny how stereotypes really affect society's thinking of, like, cultures. Well, and just, like, it's one thing for, like, people to, like, you know... Like, I, I basically grew up in a place where, like, that was, there were those jokes, 
But I never got the sense that like anybody who said that actually thought it. You know? So like I'm not saying that makes the joke okay, but like Um, and I'm not saying it makes a joke like entirely wrong either. Like, I mean, it kind of depends on how you structure the joke and like whatever. Um, but that was like, it was strange to me. Like when I ran into the world of people was like, Oh, you actually think this, like, you're not, you're not telling the joke. Like I watched Superman growing up and I was like, Oh, fun story about a fictional person who can fly and running into people who say things like this and actually mean it to me is like running into somebody who likes Superman is like, I really hope I meet him someday. Like, <laughs> it's like an extra level of Yo, crazy. he's so cool, yo. <laughs> right. Yeah, well, I think, I mean, I don't know. We're definitely at a weird point in American culture where, and maybe it's not weird. Maybe it's not new. Maybe this is how humans have always been. Mm-hmm. Where, like, use fear and anecdotal stories to, like, not just paint a picture of a culture, but then to kind of forced it to happen right like a lot of the a lot of the negative stereotypes that come from like uh poor and black people in america come from like post-slavery where like when you wanted to to sully a black man's name you would just say oh there's a rapist on the loose or there's a murderer on the loose he's just out slicing white throats and doing all this crazy stuff so it it instills this fear that is unwarranted because you might not have ever seen it. You might have yeah. never had. You think about like a lot of these people you see on like Twitter and like on a you know on the internet, or they might have like some weird uh, article written about them. Like some fucking Vice twenty two year old might have like went to Arkansas and talked mm. to someone. That's like there's no black people around here. Why are you saying all this stuff if you've never even yeah? Like how do you not? How do you know this? Yeah. Where do you, where do you get this information from? Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I was thinking about this earlier today, and, like, I tend to be weirdly optimistic, um, and I probably shouldn't be, yeah, but um, I do tend to be weirdly optimistic, and uh, I actually think in the long run, like, you know, the internet, social media, all those things that we, like, really bash right now yeah. might long-term be, like, the answer to some of this stuff, because, like, what you just said, right, like, the idea that they're, like you know, places in the world where, like, you've never run into people different than you, so of course you think, like, these terrible things about them or, like, whatever, because, like, somebody somewhere, like, in order to, like, maintain power and control fed you, like, you know, lies that, like, you know, stroked, like, some subconscious thing for you, and it was done very intentionally to, like, ensure that they stayed entrenched, like, in whatever money or power or whatever they had, and because you had no access to other information, you didn't run into anything that would, like, tell you that that was wrong, and you had no place to access that, um, you just sort of bought into it. Why wouldn't I believe this? And so now all of these crazy like little pockets of people who like believe all this crazy stuff are like coming into this like community where like, oh, we can all interact at the same time, like in real time. And like it's creating these like wild clashes because it's like my reality and your reality do not mash up at all because it's been generations of me being fed nonsense. Nonsense. Um, But I think like maybe in the long run over time, like it turns into this thing where people go, oh, no, actually, that's not right. I've actually interacted with a lot of, like, whatever, black people, white people, Hispanics, men, women, like, whatever, gay, straight, online, and all that stuff you just said, there's, there's like, these weird fringe elements that are lining up with what you say, but for the most part, no, that's not Yeah, you don't know what you're talking about. Right. Because we all need to recognize that uh, more important than, like, gender, nationality, or race or anything... We're fighting a fight against robots, and 
there's going to be a point where, like, a lot of the jobs disappear in America, mm. and a lot of people start making a lot of money off of that. And there's going to be a lot of sad Americans of all. So I actually don't buy into this. You don't buy into this. I did for a while, and like I was really worried about it. Why not? It. Yeah. So um, people with money are always going to have to spend it on something. Yes. They're always going to have to spend it on something. Yes. So I do see like a future where like, yeah, um, you know, people are not going to be like, you know, spending money on um, on uh, making sure people are employed to um, put Twinkies into bags like that. You know, like we've automated like lots of stuff and we're going to continue to automate stuff, putting cars together. No longer a thing humans do. Robots do it like on and on and on. Like robots are. Like even in the legal profession, like you know AI and like the role that it plays and like yeah, there's that there's supplanting that that, lawyers and stuff like that and yeah, you know I assume that'll just keep going. But then the people who are making money to do that stuff, a have to employ people, and b have to spend money on something. And like at some point, a human's going to create something, do something, perform something, like whatever. So like. No, I was thinking about this the other day that, like, I actually think it's going to be just, like, a transformation. So, like, you'll see, like, way more people who are, like, you know, into, like, whatever it is, like, whether it's art or food yeah, or... Yeah, which that's the... That's kind of the big thing that people have been saying is, like, it... it people will, like, steer their way towards a new lane. Yeah. But I think the possible... What's kind of semi-projected and what's kind of the easiest things to identify is like what can be replaced, mm-hmm. what can totally be replaced. It's so vast. I think the problem is how many things it could take. It's not the fact that it's going to take them. Because, yeah, eventually technology in all forms will be able to make lives so easy that, like, we don't. Just like how just like how humans today don't think about why, why their package from Amazon came in a day. No one's like, oh, how did they possibly get it to my house and, like, you know, 20 hours. I ordered that last... Why is it here now? Mm-hmm. People don't think about the work that goes into that. Yeah. I think it will slowly start taking over more things. And it's already happened. Like, it's it's more and more things where it's like, humans can't do it this quick. Mm-hmm. Can't do it this efficiently. And that's fine. That's... I don't think that's the problem. I think the problem is that it'll be... When it does hit, it'll be so weird and so, like like, direct on, like, mm-hmm. such a large group of people. Like, it'll affect them so immediately that it'll be like, well, what are, you, what are, you, what are they going to do? Yeah. And I don't know what the real answer to that is. I like Andrew Yang. I like the UBI. UBI. Idea. Yeah, no, a lot of the Silicon Valley types love, you, like, the people who are, like, hot to, like, your stuff about um, robots yeah. taking our jobs, like, they love UBI because they're like, yeah, that's kind of got to be the future. Yeah, because, like, I don't, I don't know if people will be able to have... The culture of working a job 40 to 50 hours a week is slowly running away from us. Yeah. When, when uh, wages raise, people cut back on uh, entry-level labor. You know, they, they, stop, they stop giving people to overtime. Yeah. Even the higher jobs, it's like, you're not... I mean, it's heavily contracted it's like you're not guaranteed to have that job for more than a year or two nobody's working for a company for 40 years anymore right you know it's it's high turnover so again i just don't know what's going to happen when it like amazon google you know uh fucking ge is like actually we're laying off like sixty thousand a piece we don't need them at all right you know, I mean, we're not going to lay we're not going to lay this whole town off, but like some in your town and some in your town. Yeah. I just think it, I just think it's going to hit 
America in a weird spot. Yeah. And make it make an already kind of like not hostile, but like tense environment like a little bit more like oh well you, if I'm not getting this it's cuz somebody's taking it from me. Yeah. Which I don't I don't I don't think that that's good for No. I don't think that's good for a group of people who've already shown that like they can't handle. No, well, I mean, they look can't at, handle like, change. So, like, look at the difference between like you know, like Middle America's attitude toward like this kind of stuff, and like you know, urban centers where like manufacturing jobs were big, right? Um, you know, it's the Chinese, it's the Vietnamese, it's the Laotians. Like, I mean, they took our jobs from us, and like you know greedy corporations like shoved them over there and stuff like that and like to your point it's about like things being taken from me that i need to claw back and then like go to a place like alaska which has ubi like they have universal basic income in alaska like when the oil companies came in like yeah we want to suck the oil out of the ground the governor was like that's cool um this percentage of your profits every year go to each of our citizens those people love the oil companies. They will defend the oil companies to yeah, like their dying so breath fine, because yeah. I get a check every year from the oil company. Like it right, it has to turn into that where it's like it's not stuff being taken be from something. me, it's stuff being given to me. We we, we right. really ended it we're really bringing we the pod to a close on the head. I didn't note. get to cry into the microphone about the Knicks. Oh yeah, yeah. If you're yeah, out there and you haven't you listened got, to you got, you got four minutes about the Knicks real quick. If you if you're if you're out there and you haven't listened to sell the team, like just know that that <laughs> hit at a perfect time. Um, yeah. You're just sitting in sitting in your living room drinking scotch. <laughs> like it was really funny when it hit, right? Like it, it hit because like you know, um, like Simmons had come back from like the All Star break and he was like, yeah, Dolan's definitely shopping the team and stuff like this. And then Dolan like told like. You know, that fan who yelled, sell the team at him, like, you know, get out of the stadium, He's don't bad. come back he to games a, or whatever. Season ticket holder and yeah, and that became like a big blow up. Then he went on the Michael K show for an hour and he was like, we're not selling the team. You know, we're going to build a winning team in New York, which is no evidence to suggest he can actually Nothing, do that. Yeah, yeah. And then like within like days, the ringer had released a music video like. Like not the things. highest production in the world, but Whatever. it also wasn't shot on an iPhone. Um, of uh, <laughs> them putting "Sell the Team" to the tune of um, "Let It Be," yeah, um, and it was and it was beautiful. That's a great was, mashup right there, by the way. It, it was beautiful and funny at the time, but after free agency came and went, mm-hmm. and we had two max slots mm-hmm. and zero max players, mm-hmm. I, I definitely but sat J- on my Julius front stoop with yeah. a drink and a cigarette and just listened to it on repeat. Over yeah. and over. Respect. Uh, I will say, and this is why I think he still might sell the team. Um, the Nets just went for was it two point three billion or something? What was it? It was some insane number. Who? The Nets. That guy who the guy had forty nine percent of the team. Oh and, yeah. And yeah, he's yeah, buying yeah. the rest of the majority from uh, Mikhail Pokerov. Well, so the numbers I was like just rumor like reading stuff online and like listening to people like. Simmons and Jalen, like, people who will, like, you know, spout out, like, little, like, rumors and stuff they're hearing that they're not really reporting was that he wants to hold on to MSG because, and this might actually be true, like, he thinks he's good at the entertainment stuff. He's just not good at running an NBA team, which, again, might be true. So he wants to hold on to the garden, sell the team, and have the team lease back the garden from him, but he still wants $4 billion for the team. First of all, no one's going to... He'll get 3.5. Also, nobody wants the building because weren't they supposed to... What is that? What is he showing you? Is it a picture of my dick? Is it tiny? It's so uh, tiny. A naked fat woman with, like, 
arms that are Hillary Clinton holding a baby of Donald Trump. Oh, that's pretty the fat sick. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, oh, thank you, yes, yeah, the fat woman is uh, Kim Jong-un, yes. That's pretty sick, Yes, but, but he has breasts. I don't like that, I don't like that at all, <laughs> that's fucking my head up. So, <laughs> so that was Chris's contribution to, you, Chris. uh, to the to the pod, a- as well as recording it he's and giving a, us the space and the I think the, he has a show tomorrow, I don't know if he's allowed to talk about it. It's like a wedding, right? All right, cool. All right, we need to do this again where we talk more about sports because we didn't touch on the NFL. We did like twenty minutes of sports. Your today. <laughs> your your team is uh, good. My team sucks. We should talk about that. Yeah. I don't know if my team's actually that good either. Like, I'm afraid about. I, that. I don't know if they are either. But like, we should talk about like because I hear people talking about the NFC and it's like, oh, the Saints and the Rams, and I'm like, come on, something has to have changed. Like, it can't just be like we can't just be running back last season again. Probably but maybe not, we yeah. are. Uh, but we should talk about that and then the NBA. Yeah, you should come back on, man. It's been a minute. I'm glad you came no, back. No, no, man. like in the next couple of weeks. I this, can do this, this has again. been great, man. I, uh, again, shouts out to you. You kind of just signed on to help me out with this thing. You did not give a shit. You just was like, oh, my boy needs help? All right. I don't give. What do I have to do? And yeah, like, well, like I had time then that I didn't have time for a while, but I have time again, so I can come back and do this again. This is, so, like in the next like two or three weeks, when you have an opening, let's do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, we'll figure it out. I'm trying to. I'm trying to stop getting new guests. Only bring back. My fit, not my favorites, but the most, you know, people who will actually show up. Yeah, well, right, you're you're hitting that like, uh, I mean, you don't have anywhere near like the reach because you don't have like the ESPN platform, but you're hitting that like Simmons like phase of it where it's like, oh no, like this is quality content. Like, like he went yeah. through that phase where like Chuck Klosterman and Wesley Morris were on like you know every like every month, and then he'd throw in like one new. Yeah. Um, so if I'm one of those people, I'm honored. That's great. oh, dog. For sure, you already you're OG. You're the you're the OG status, man. All right, I got I even got a great caption for the picture that I'm gonna put up. Nice for this because uh, excited. I thought about it today. I'm excited and it makes sense. Yeah, I'm excited too. Are uh, you got any shout outs? You want to shout at anybody? Oof, no. Okay, the Yankees. Oh, the Yankees. We didn't talk about baseball. We didn't at talk all. about the Yankees. Are we talked about place. a tiny bit. The yeah, Yankees are in first like place. super first place. It's awesome. I'm really afraid we're gonna crash and burn in the playoffs, but I'm I'm riding this season. It's great. We will see, and it's been your boy, Sweet Dog, Dirt Dog, Skate Dog, Father, uh, Tiny Dog, Tiny Little Baby Dog, uh, Four Cats in the Alley, you know what it is, and we out here.